For the third time this offseason, Carlos Correa has a new home, and while it's still not the Atlanta Braves, it could have a major impact on the Atlanta Braves in terms of how they do in 2023 and perhaps some more opportunities that open up to them on the trade market. We'll talk about that. Also, Luke Jackson's farewell as he signs with the San Francisco Giants, and John Coppolella is has his lifetime ban lifted by Major League Baseball. We'll discuss that and get to some of your questions as well on this episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Braves, part of Lockdown Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, check out my website, shortstopball.com, to find some of my work over there. Make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Trying to make sure that we get this to be an interactive show with you, the listener. So let me know what you'd like to see on the podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube if you're new. Hit that thumbs up button and that notification bell. And as always, thanks for making Lockdown Braves your first listen of each and every day. Right now we're posting episodes three days a week, uh, Monday or Sunday night, Tuesday night, and Thursday night throughout the off season. But got a lot to talk about on this episode We have another landing spot for Carlos Correa as he signs with the Minnesota Twins. We're going to talk about that and the fallout, what that means for the Braves in the NL East now that it looks like he's not going to the Mets. Also, we're going to talk about Luke Jackson, his farewell, signing with the Giants, John Cavallella, and get to some of your questions as well. But let's start with the Carlos Correa news because while it's not the Braves that are signing him, and I know some people are still holding out hope that that would happen, I think it does have a lot of implications for the Braves in the NL East and perhaps opening up some more trade options for the Atlanta Braves. But let's get to the details of the move for Carlos Correa. Still pending a physical, um, but six years, $200 million guaranteed from Minnesota. It can max out to $270 million over 10 years with four vesting options at the end of that deal for the six guaranteed Years, it's an AAV of 36 million, 36, 36, 31.5, 30.5, and 30 million. So much higher AAV than he was going to get with either the Giants or the Mets, but obviously a much shorter deal guaranteed. So still good money for Carlos Correa. It has gone down significantly with each move that he's agreed or each deal that he's agreed to this offseason, but still good money for him and could be. Even more, if it turns out the leg issue is not an issue and he holds up, he's going to make some good money. Uh, And good for the Twins. Look, I mean, I'm glad it's not the Mets, and I'm glad to see a team like the Twins go out there and spend some money. You know, they're in a division where it's very winnable. uh, So certainly good to see them, good for their fans to go out and make such a, a big move, a big investment on Carlos Correa. Do I wish the Braves would have done it? I don't know. I mean, it would have been great having somebody like Carlos Correa, but that is that is a high AAV, and the Braves have a lot of good players that they have to pay. 
certainly it would have made the Braves a better team. Um, it also would have made the Mets a better team. And I think that's maybe the most significant part of this, the fact that there's a pretty big loss for the New York Mets when you look at it. Even their own owner said that the Carlos Correa move was the move that put them over the top. Every every other signing they've made this offseason was essentially to replace what they were losing in, in the offseason. But Carlos Correa put them over the top and put them over the top in a big way. I mean, you're talking about a five to six war player, an MVP type caliber player. That was a big move for them. And I even said in my own estimation, that move, I think, puts them on paper ahead of the Braves. But now you take that big time player out of their lineup and he was going to move to third base, would have made them very strong defensively on the left side. That's a that's a pretty significant loss for the New York Mets in terms of this upcoming season and how you view them. Are they still going to be a really good team? Yes. Like I said, what they've done so far this offseason, really strong, could be even better than last year, but the moves they made were essentially were essentially just replacing what they lost, which was a really good team. And I keep wanting to make that point. You know, yes, they essentially just replaced their losses, but they are still a really good team. They're going to contend in the NL East, and they're likely going to be in a postseason spot at the end of the year. So still a good team, but I do think the Correa move or him them not getting Correa opens up the door for the Braves a little bit more in the NL East to perhaps be that team on paper, at least going into the year. But it's going to be a battle no matter what. Listening to Ryan over at Locked On Mets, and I uh, encourage you to go and give him a listen. Sounds like their best options now are internal options. And look as good as some of those prospects are over there, and Ryan obviously knows a lot more about them than I do, none of them are Carlos Correa. And Eduardo Escobar, as solid as a player as he is, he's not Carlos Correa. So however you want to paint it, that's a big subtraction. It's hard to say a subtraction because they never really had him, but that's a big loss for the New York Mets to not be able to get Carlos Correa. And again, the deal is pending. So we'll see what happens if he passes that physical and everything gets through. But because it is a shorter deal and the leg injury for Correa, they feel like it's more long-term thing. Um, that I think it, it will go through. But I never would have imagined this Mets deal wouldn't go through. This is quite honestly the strangest free agent, big free agent deal that we've seen in a long time, maybe ever, to have three agreed-upon deals with three different teams and two of them fall through. It's just truly crazy story that we've seen. Now, looking at the fallout of the Carlos Correa signing with the Twins, there's been a lot of talk about who could be available from the twins now they have some shortstops they have some infielders who perhaps could become available you look at jorge polanco previously at shortstop now a second baseman and a lot of that's because he had a negative 21 outs above average in 2019 that was the last time that he primarily played shortstop so he is essentially a second baseman at this point but is a solid switch hitter nick gordon negative three drs and just 76 in the third innings at shortstop last year. He's pretty much a DH outfielder at this point. The name a lot of Braves fans have been talking about, and we've mentioned him on here as well this offseason, is Royce Lewis. Now, really big-time shortstop prospect coming up, one of the top prospects in all of baseball. Unfortunately for him and unfortunately for baseball fans, he just has not been able to stay healthy. Didn't play in 2020, obviously. 
didn't play in 2021 because of an ACL tear, came back last year and was really good when he was healthy, but tore that same ACL again. And I got to imagine the price on him is still pretty high at this point. Um, so I don't see him as necessarily a fit for the Braves, but I know there's been a lot of talk about that since the Carlos Correa signing. Now, where you could see a potential uh, outcome for the Braves, and this is something what we've talked about, is outfield. Um, Max Kepler, somebody we've discussed at length, I think he could be an option. The Twins have some outfield prospects at the upper levels that could come in and replace him. And I think Max Kepler would be a solid addition and upgrade in left field for the Braves. The Twins need some starting pitching help. So I think there's a match there if a deal could be done. Now, the Twins are clearly looking to win now. You make this move to sign Correa, you are trying to win now again, as they should in this week division. So maybe they think Max Kepler is part of that. If they do, then you know they're going to hang on to him, obviously. But if they do want to try to upgrade their starting pitching and they feel like they can trade from a place of depth in the outfield, then I still think Max Kepler is an option. But I don't really see any of their shortstop players as an option there. But big news for the Atlanta Braves because Carlos Correa is no longer going to the New York Mets, at least pending that physical. All right, next, we get into some other news. These more so uh, revolving or involving the Atlanta Braves as Luke Jackson signs with the Giants and a former GM John Coppolella has his lifetime ban removed. Could we see him back in the Atlanta Braves front office? We'll discuss that next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From the NFL playoffs you got going on, NBA, NHL, soccer, they have it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, they have those too. You can find those at BetOnline. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info and bet responsibly. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. This next sponsor I'm really excited about is a big dog speaker. I've been telling you about them for a couple of weeks now. Just truly, truly was blown away by the sound quality of these Bluetooth speakers from Big Dog. They are amazing. You can pair them together and it just, you can play it throughout your entire house. It just, the volume is so loud, but the quality is just so clear. It's truly like nothing I've ever heard before out of a Bluetooth speaker. And these are also locally made in Augusta, Georgia. They deliver huge, clear sound, extraordinary battery life, tons of connectivity options. And right now they have their big dog Scout. It's the brand's inaugural model, and it does indeed go big. 105 decibel max volume, 40 watts, waterproof, charges other devices, 15 hours of playback. And as I mentioned, you can pair two of them together for enhanced audio. The Big Dog Scout is now available online at bigdogspeakers.com at $99, but you can get 20% off with the promo code locked on. For more information on Big Dog Speakers, visit bigdogspeakers.com. So I mentioned Luke Jackson signing with the San Francisco Giants for two years and $11.5 million. What an incredible deal! For Luke Jackson, and I've had a lot of you asking me all offseason, could Luke Jackson come back to the Braves? Could we see the Braves sign him? And I've been saying all along, I think the Braves essentially told him, go 
see if you can get a major league deal somewhere. If not, we'll take you in on a minor league deal. I thought that's what Luke Jackson might have to do coming off Tommy John surgery. I mean, he didn't pitch at all last year. Yeah, he was fantastic. He was elite, uh, as they like to say, in his last year in a Braves uniform. But coming off Tommy John surgery for a guy who had been you know, somewhat inconsistent before that 2021 season, I wasn't going to be shocked if he got a major league deal for, you know, one year, four million or something like that. But he got two years, 11 and a half million and also a third year club option. So certainly understand why Luke Jackson couldn't pass that up. And I understand why the Braves couldn't match that. They already have a solid bullpen and you're just honestly not sure what you're going to get from Luke Jackson in 2023 and beyond. He may not even be ready to start the year in 2023. So an amazing deal for Luke Jackson and certainly happy for him. And like I said, there's been some up and ups and downs in Atlanta with Luke Jackson. Um, even in his farewell message, he talked about going from the booze to the Lukes. It's just, it was that type of transition for him with the Atlanta Braves where, you know, he had times where he was just unwatchable. It seemed like, and he was getting booed, but then he had 18 saves for the Braves in 2019 and then his final year in Atlanta in 2021 like I said elite type stuff a 198 ERA a 1.162 whip 70 strikeouts 63 and two-thirds innings pitched over 70 games for the Braves in the regular season that year and then was lights out in the postseason as well for the most part outside of maybe that Dodgers series but overall I mean just an incredible journey for Luke Jackson and I love seeing this kind of thing in sports where you got a first round pick from the Rangers never really catches on comes to the Braves I mean the guy's is is getting booed he's he's not necessarily loved or even liked by the fan base and then he turns things around he helps bring them a World Series championship and he leaves beloved by the franchise and by the fans it's just really cool to see that happen and there's reason for the booing and reason for the frustrations. In From 2017 through 2020, he had a 1.52 whip with the Braves. I think part of the frustration with Luke Jackson, it just seemed like he always had runners on base. But that slider, it got him out of a lot of jams. And it is a great pitch and hopefully one that does him a lot of good in the future. Again, you know, whatever you, you feel about Luke Jackson, the ups and downs, the guy was a professional throughout and just seems like an amazing person off the field. And it makes it so easy to cheer for those kinds of guys. So wish him all the best in San Francisco. Sad that we couldn't see him return in Atlanta, but great to see him get that deal. John Cabalella had his lifetime ban lifted by Major League Baseball. And bit of a surprising move. This was not something than I was expecting. He's now eligible to work in Major League Baseball again. Uh, whether or not he will, that remains to be seen. Doesn't mean that he has you know, a job waiting and we'll see him anytime soon, but that is now a possibility for him. The ban came after his involvement in international signing scandal when he was general manager of the Atlanta Braves in 2017. That's when the punishment came down. He resigned and then was banned. Even at the time of the punishment, that seemed rather harsh, not just on Cabalella and getting banned for life, but the sanctions that were levied down by the Braves. And I'm not trying to make light of the situation and what the front office was doing to those international prospects. I'm not trying to make light of that situation at all. It just it doesn't line up 
with MLB's punishment system, which I always think is way too light. And I think that's, you know, not to make comparisons here again, but you look at the Astros scandal and what they did with the Astros in the very weak punishment that it feels like they received. It just doesn't add up with what they gave to the Braves. I mean, the Braves farm system, you know, there's a lot of reasons why it's down right now, but one of the biggest reasons because they haven't been able to be make any huge moves in the international market for several years now. I mean, that has helped cripple the Braves farm system. They've done great job in developing talent over that time. Thank goodness. But they have not been able to make big moves in the international market because of these sanctions by major league baseball that many people thought were very harsh at the time. And especially giving a lifetime ban to John Coppola. They, they suspended Astros managers for one year, Alex Cora and AJ Hinch got one year suspensions for cheating in the game of baseball and, and taking away world series opportunities from other teams. And they got one year. Cavalella got banned for life. I mean, it just always seemed like a harsh punishment. I'm not saying he shouldn't have been punished. That should have been suspended for five years. You want to say suspended for five years, suspended for 10 years, but a lifetime ban just always seemed like way too much. And then even the international restrictions seemed like a lot. So perhaps that's MLB noticing that. And now that the Braves are through those international restrictions, Maybe they felt it was time to to give Copy a chance, whatever the case may be. One thing I do want to point out, again, I'm not excusing his involvement with those international signings and what he did, but he did a lot of good work for the Atlanta Braves with where they are today in the, the trades and the signings that he made. It really helped put the Braves in the position that they are now for this run of success that they are on. So I don't want that to be forgotten and who knows if he comes back in the Braves farm system or the Braves front office or if he uh, joins another club time will tell that's obviously you know you talk about bringing people in with off the field issues like Marcelo Zuna like Trevor Bauer whatever team takes on Coppola they'll have to deal with that PR hit as well but there is no doubt and who knows what was legit and what was wrong Cavalella made a lot of really good moves for the Atlanta Braves while he was a general manager here that has helped put them into this run of success all right next come back and take some of your questions after the break so we're at the slow time of the season for this off season as we get ready for spring training just a little over a month away I can't wait for things to get going gonna jump into the chat section here look at some of the questions Corey. i haven't had a chance to listen to alex anthopoulos interview on the 755 is real podcast with david o'brien but i am looking forward to giving that a listen i'm sure there's some great information on there that perhaps we'll talk about on friday's podcast uh floyd donnelly carlos correa went from 350 million uh to 200 million yeah it was it's it's a big loss for carlos Correa, but I think he's going to be okay. ASAV said he wanted the the Mets to sign him. I guess you're assuming about Correa. I'm glad they didn't. I'm not. I'm not too worried about Correa in the short term with that leg issue. It seems like it's more the back half of that deal. I think him not signing with the Mets is a big loss for them. Uh, R. Gaten says not having to deal with Correa bodes well for the Braves. That Mets offense would have been scary. I, I agree. I think them not getting. Correa is a huge loss for the Mets, something that they just can't replace. 
And again, they didn't, they never officially had him. So it's not like it's a complete loss for them, but thinking they were had him, that changes the complete dynamic of that lineup and gives them a real legit, you know, hitter in the middle of that lineup with Lindor and Alonzo and others. YouTube user, not sure if anyone answered my question from the other video. Could this open up a potential move to go after Royce Lewis and hope for health? Uh, we talked about that as well. Thanks for that question. R. Gayton says, all the power rankings I've seen had the Mets above us because of Correa. Now we sit at number two behind the Astros. And that's how big of a change this is with Carlos Correa not going to the Mets. Like I said, and I admitted on paper with Correa, I think the Mets are better than the Braves. Without him, I, I think you can give the Braves the edge. And again, we're talking about on paper. This all has to get done on the field. And it is that razor thin close. These are two very good teams. Leslie Anderson said the Braves are favorites, Philly second and Mets third. They're not falling that much. I think it's going to be a good battle between all three teams. They're all going to be very, very good. Kenneth Clark said, let's go Braves and make a move now. We'll see. Um, again, who knows? I think if anything major happens, and we talked about this the other day, it's going to have to be through a trade at this point. If it's through a trade, it's probably going to be something pretty major. We'll see what Alex Anthopoulos has up his sleeve. Dan Johnson says, happy Luke found a team. But glad I wanted to take antacids after he pitches. And I think that's how a lot of Braves fans feel, especially before that 2021 season. But I am very happy for Luke. Argayton said the same thing. Hate to see Luke go, but I wish him well in San Francisco. Uh, Brian's Travel Adventures. Wonder who the Braves will sign now. I don't know that there's anything really out there to sign unless they just do some depth moves or if they wanted to bring in an Andrews or an Iglesias, there's Really not anybody out there worth signing except for some depth pieces, maybe get some players on minor league deals, as CW followed up and said. Uh, Marianne Smith, I love my Braves. We don't have Dansby and Luke. My prayers are that everyone come out hammering, and I mean that they really play. I uh, certainly hope so. Look, the team is there. I've been saying this all offseason as well. The team's there. Hope they come out of the gate swinging, though. That was one of our New Year's resolutions for the Braves we talked about is to come out of the gates hot. They've really struggled the last couple of years in those first months, and you just can't afford to fall behind the Phillies and the Mets and the division this time around and, and hope that you come back. Now, you have those extra those extra playoff spots, and we saw winning the division wasn't as much as an advantage for the Braves as maybe we hoped. I still think it is an advantage, and you want to do that, but with those extra playoff spots, it does – you know, allow you a little bit of wiggle room to have some a slow starts or maybe a bad stretch in the season, but certainly would love to see them get off to a hot start. Brian Stravels says, to be fair, I see Braves have a stellar offense this year that can't be stopped no matter where they place the ball. I do love the offense, you know, up and down for this team. And I'm not worried about Von Grissom's offense at shortstop if he is the answer. And I'm starting to come around on him a little bit defensively but still need to see it Gary or Corey Carter says I would love to see copy come back he did a lot of great things and I agree he did do a lot of good things but I just I don't know if the PR is worth bringing him back at this point and Braves front office is really running well with Alex Anthopoulos so don't know that they want to mess that up Corey also says what areas of the team do you think we could still strengthen I would like to see Another lefty reliever, a veteran infielder for depth, and also a veteran outfielder for depth. I think we have all the veteran outfielders that the Braves need at this point. I wouldn't mind them see them getting a veteran infielder, even if you wanted to get a Jose Iglesias 
as a veteran who you know comes in, maybe competes with Von Grissom in spring training, and then you you put him on the bench if Grissom wins the job, or you start him out right and let Grissom get some more time at AAA. I wouldn't hate doing that. Um, other than that, I mean, really the areas to strengthen the team are shortstop and left field, depending on how the Braves think about or what they think about Von Grissom if he can handle it every day. I think the I think the lefties uh, getting that lit, lit key kid from uh, from the Yankees that was the final lefty piece in the bullpen. Not to say they couldn't go out and get a better one, but I think that was the final piece of the bullpen there to get that third lefty. So I think they're pretty much done in the bullpen. Perhaps they see them get a veteran starter just to add depth in the rotation. I could see that, and then perhaps a move for the outfield as well. Those are the areas that I could see them potentially strengthening the rest of the way. Apparently, I'm going to go have to watch this Alex Anthopoulos interview, and I do want to, and I saw that. I just didn't have time today. Everybody's saying that it was great, and he talked candidly. So if you haven't, go give that a listen, and maybe we'll discuss it on Friday's podcast. Team Fish said, any word on Grissom's progress with Wash? Haven't heard anything specifically other than uh, Ron Washington has been raving about the work that Von Grissom has done over there. So that is great to hear. Hollywood says, I have faith in Grissom. I really don't understand why there are so many doubters. Can you elaborate a little? So I will certainly do that for you, Hollywood. The people, the scouts, the evaluators who watch him every day at the minor league level had put a label on Vaughn Grissom that he can't handle the shortstop position defensively at the big league level. So I can't watch Vaughn Grissom every day at the minor league level. I wish I could. Not many people can, but those who do and those who are paid to evaluate those players just put that label on him. Now, I've said all along, the kid's 21, just turned 22. He's way too young and athletic to put a label to say that he can never do something. But he is going to have to prove it. He is going to have to show it. If you go take a look at Aram Layton on Twitter, um, he did a great breakdown. He did go back and watch all the ground balls taken at shortstop by Von Grissom last year and pointed out some reasons why he thinks Von Grissom can handle the position defensively. But just the reason for the doubters and skepticism is because those who watch him all the time and those who come up with evaluations on these prospects have said that he probably is going to have to move off the shortstop position. But that's not to say he can't do it. Um, So certainly, you know, hopefully he can. And I know there's a lot of you who believe he can. It's one of those for me. I just haven't had a chance to go back and watch every ground ball and every game that he's played at shortstop. And it's one of those things we're just going to have to see it. He's going to have to prove it and earn it. Jason says, I am coming to terms with Grissom starting at shortstop. I don't love the left field options unless Eddie can hit right-handed, left-handed pitching. I was really hoping for an upgrade there and Eddie at DH. That's where Azuna is a problem because he's making a lot of money. The Braves don't want to cut him. And I still think he's going to get 50, 60 starts at DH for the Braves this year. Um, But Azuna is really just kind of messing that up. At this point, if you didn't have Ozuna or if you just cut him, then I think you do go out and perhaps get an everyday option in left field and move Eddie to DH. But I really think it's Ozuna that's holding the Braves back from doing something else there. And I don't know that that's the right decision for the Atlanta Braves. Austin Pruitt talked about the the um, Liam Hendricks news. That is sad. He a uh, reliever for the White Sox. Turns out that he has cancer. Prayers and everything to him and his family. Uh, Corey Carter Carter says, if Washington's excited about Grissom, that's good enough for me. And yeah, um, obviously Ron Washington knows better than anyone else. So certainly encouraging to hear him talk about that. Last question here. James Saunders says, uh, who's better, the Phillies or Mets? It's a great question. 
I'd probably still go with the Phillies. I mean, they have Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander atop their rotation. If we're talking about health, then it's hard to go against those two. I do still like their lineup. Uh, I could have, you know, if they had another big bopper in the middle of the order with, like I said, Lindor and Alonzo, I would have liked it much better. But I still take the the pitching of the Mets over the Phillies, and I still think their lineup, especially with Bryce Harper being out half the year, I still think I go advantage Mets. All right, that will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thanks for listening and making us your first listen of every day. Now go make Locked On MLB Prospects your second listen of the day, where Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia talking about the biggest stars of tomorrow. Again, thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On underscore Braves. You can follow me at Twitter on Twitter at Shortstop Ball. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 